Welcome to A Life Invested, a podcast dedicated to helping you create the lifestyle of your dreams by investing in people, assets, and yourself. I'm your host, Roger Comstock. All right, my friends. Well, excited to have you here. We have got an exceptional guest today, somebody that I just respect and really look up to. I appreciate the opportunity to be able to learn from him today. Uh, His name is Brian Murray. He is the co-founder and key principal of Open Door Capital, a real estate investment firm founded by Brandon Turner that helps clients achieve superior returns through the acquisition of value-add mobile home parks and apartment communities. Brian is also the founder and CEO of Washington Street Properties, a commercial real estate investment company that has been ranked on the Inc. 500 and 5000 list of the nation's fastest growing private companies for five years. That is incredibly impressive. Congratulations on that. In 2015, Brian's achievements were recognized nationally when he was presented with a Gold Stevie Award for Executive of the Year in the real estate industry. He is author of the best-selling and award-winning book, Crushing It, in Apartments and Commercial Real Estate. I'll just make a quick plug here. If you haven't read that book, you absolutely need to. It is exceptional. He has done an incredible job with it. He is also the co-author of The Multifamily Millionaire, a two-volume set which is now available on biggerpockets.com and amazon.com. So Brian, thank you so much for being on the show today. Welcome. Uh, thanks for having me. Really excited to be here and, and talk to you today. Well, uh, us too. I mean, myself and the listeners are grateful to be able to learn from your many years of uh, experience and, and wisdom that you've uh, gleaned from your, your real estate experience. First, first and foremost, if people want to learn a little bit more about you and, and what you do, where, they, where do they need to go? Yeah, they're they're uh, welcome to check out my my social media. I'm on uh, Instagram at Crushing It Brian, and uh, they can find me on Facebook, find me on LinkedIn, um, and then my primary focus right now is at Open Door Capital, and and they can go to uh, odcfund.com to check out what we're doing there. That that is uh, that's exceptional. Um, tell us really quick for the for the listeners if an individual is wanting to create, um, you know, their dream lifestyle of freedom, where, where does somebody start to become like you? <laughs> well, hopefully they can do better than me, but I, I, uh, <laughs> I think, you know, a great, a great place to start is, um, you know, to, to kind of first make sure you have that vision. So, uh, you know, my partner, Brandon Turner is a, is a huge advocate of that. And, and there's, there's a great book out there called vivid vision and, uh, you know, create, create in as much detail as you can a vision of what that, what that life might be for yourself. And then what you do is work backwards and create goals. Um, you know, figure out what are those, what are those goals I need to do in terms of one year, three years, five years to get to that vivid vision and back your, back it all the way down to what do I need to do today and, and set those goals and hold you, hold you, hold yourself accountable to them. Um, you know, part of, part of the challenge is people create these wonderful visions of their future and that leap to get there might seem so large that they never take that first step. So that's that's one of the challenges too. Is you've got to you've got to take a lot of small steps to make that big leap. Uh, and so it all starts with those with those little baby steps and, and holding yourself accountable to do that each and every day. I I love that advice. I think that's really really important um, for people to internalize. I think 
a lot of times individuals, you know, they'll set these huge goals. And if they don't hit them really, really quickly, they may feel like they're far behind or that they, um, you know, they may become overwhelmed. And so I love what, what you've explained. People really do need to take a goal and just break it down into bite-sized pieces that they can, you know, work towards every single day. And uh, eventually they'll end up exactly where they had originally hoped to, uh, hope to end up. How, t- tell us this, how has mindset affected the success that you've experienced so far? It's really been um, interesting for me that, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I've, I've been down a few different paths uh, professionally before I got into real estate. I uh, was a part of a number of different startups and um, yeah, I've been in, been in real estate for about 15 years now. And uh, it's been, it's been quite a journey, but every step of the way and the longer I do this, the more, the more I realize how important mindset really is. Um, and, you know, a lot of people think that, you know, once, once they reach a certain point in their growth, that mindset won't be as much of an obstacle anymore. But what I've found is, is, is it, it continues to be probably the biggest obstacle, even once you achieve your goals. Um, it's a moving target. And we all are continuing, continue, continually self-assessing our own capabilities and what we think we can do and what we think we can't do. And in, in my experience, that self-assessment almost always significantly lags your true capabilities. And so what you want to do is recognize that and, and, and reach a point where you're, you try to remain self-aware and not be intimidated by things that might, might scare you, not, not make decisions that are fear-based, and just always recognize that whatever, whatever you think you're capable of at any given moment in time is almost certainly uh, lagging behind reality. That's, a, that's stellar advice. Thank you so much. And in the experiences I've had, too, in my own companies, it has always been a belief system that things are going to work out that has enabled you know, what, what's been in my mind to be realized physically, which I... I think it's incredible. Usually, I mean, there's the, the classic book that uh, most entrepreneurs have read, uh, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, where, you know, you, you write things down and you, you know, you look at them, you, you kind of program them into your subconscious and you keep mo- moving towards that goal. And uh, it, it really does require the, a success tax to be paid in order to finally get there. A lot of people have this idea that, hey, if I just think about this one thing, um, it's just magically going to happen when, Really, it's, it's a lot of thinking about it, acting, uh, failing, doing it again, failing, doing it again, failing until you finally succeed in, in, a, uh, in a wonderful way. I want to ask you really quick, what, what role has, has failure played in your road to success? Because I feel like it's a really important thing. Yeah, I think it's really easy for people to kind of look at someone who's achieved a lot and just assume that they haven't had to deal with failure. And, um, that's absolutely entirely untrue. In fact, I would go so far as to say the more successful someone is, the the more failures they've probably encountered at at different points along the way. And what separates those people is how they deal with those failures and how they react to them. You know, do you get discouraged by your failure to the point of kind of pulling yourself back or, or do you learn from your failures and, and gain additional confidence as you grow? You need, you need to get comfortable with the fact that you're going to fail if, if you want to succeed. 
And what I tell people, and it's, it's completely true is I have failures every day. It's just a matter of how big are they? And some days they're bigger than others. And, um, you, the more that you can get comfortable with the fact that you're going to fail sometimes in small ways and sometimes in big ways. And, and that's because we're human. We all make mistakes and, and things happen outside of our controls and failures are inevitable. So if you just accept that upfront, that those you're going to, the road to success is going to be littered with failures. Um, then you can go about it in, in the right way. And, and I think it, it helps prepare your mindset. Of course, none of us want to fail, but it's, it is part of that price you need to pay for success. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. Thank you so much for that. And I, I think if people were able to correlate failure with learning and growing and becoming, um, it would be a much more positive um, experience, you know, because people are either succeeding or they're learning. Oftentimes people feel like, man, if I, if I fail, then, you know, it's, it's over and I need to stop and just go back to the nine to five or whatever it may be. But if people are willing, it, it, it does seem like there's some sort of success tax that's required before you kind of break through. And yeah. it's, it, it creates almost like an internal barrier to entry in entrepreneurship, where there's this wall that people will inevitably hit, no matter what they're doing, they're going to hit this wall where it's just like, oh man, do I keep going? Or do I, you know, turn back and people that are willing to just push past it are going to experience some wonderful things, including uh, more, more time to invest in relationships, more financial freedom, more happiness and fulfillment and more, uh, uh, more, more development of character, which I think is uh, wonderful. T tell, tell the listeners quickly, what, what got you into what you're currently doing? It sounds like you've done some startups, but what helped you land in, in the real estate world? Um, I had, uh, pr prior to investing in real estate, um, one of the big changes I had made was that I was working in, in more of a corporate setting, um, it was in the tech sector. I had been part of a startup for about five years. Uh, prior to that, I, I worked in management consulting. Um, but anyhow, I, when, I, when I stepped off that corporate path, and I started to teach. And when I, when I made the decision to start teaching, I took a huge cut in pay. Um, I was earning uh, initially somewhere around maybe 20% of the income that I had had when I was working in the tech sector. And uh, what happened was I found it really difficult to, even, even by kind of scaling back my spending and my lifestyle, I found that the savings that I had accumulated um, was quickly diminishing. And I realized that, hey, if I want to continue to be a teacher, I need to find another way to uh, generate some income at something on the side. And I had always been fascinated in real estate and um, had sort of dipped my toe in a little bit. Um, but then I decided, hey, no, I'm going to I'm going to go at this with a with a little bit more uh, determination and uh, began to look at rental properties and and uh, eventually eventually acquired that first property and, and really went from there. But what was what was fascinating is what got me into real estate was a desire to earn some extra income. But once I dove in and invested myself into real estate and, and it became a startup to me, a business to me. And I found that I, I recognized that if I started to siphon money off of that real estate, 
it was going to slow my growth and I was going to give up all this future potential. And I ended up really cutting corners and cutting my spending back to the point that I, I was able to actually live off of that teaching salary. And I waited many, many years until I took a dime out of my real estate and that paid really big dividends long-term. So, you know, that the answer was it, 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 that it was money that got me motivated to jump in, but then I, I just developed such a passion for it and, and um, really wanted to grow it and invest that money back into my properties and buy more properties and making that sacrifice um, then, you know, resulted in, in a much bigger uh, return down the road. I, uh, I really like this principle that you're, you're illustrating here because in, in life, um, we have to be willing to sacrifice what we want now to be able to have what we want later. And you just, I love your personal experience with this. I just uh, love and look up to you, brother. I think the world of you, I think you've done some incredible things. And uh, again, I just wanted to put a quick plug in for you and what you're doing. To those listening to this, I would encourage you to follow Brian and what he's doing. He is the real deal. He's full of goodness. He's got some incredible things to share with the world about becoming financially free and crushing it in, in real estate and in life. Um, he's he's a, an incredibly disciplined person, which I always uh, feel is just an important attribute for an individual to develop and possess. And so if you don't mind, can you, can you share with, uh, with listeners here, just the importance in, in your own life and in their lives that uh, delayed gratification can play in, in their success? Yeah. So, and, and thank you for being so gracious, but um, yeah, I, I think uh <laughs> Delayed gratification has played an enormous role in the success that I've had, uh, especially in real estate. Um, in fact, I was at a mastermind uh, about two years ago and uh, spoke with a group about my story. And, and at the end, after, after, this, after a smaller group of people like uh, questioned me and, and uh, we, we spoke for a long time and they really understood my story, at the end, they, they, they labeled me the, the king of delayed gratification. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. I love it. Um, and, and it was, you know, and part of that was the extremes that I went to um, in order to, uh, you know, I, even, even 10 years in when, when my, my, my net worth had grown astronomically, I mean, I was still driving like a really old vehicle and just I, no one who kind of knew me outside of the real estate world would ever imagine that I had achieved the level of success in real estate that I had. But, you know, it, it, in, in some ways it was it was driven by a passion for what I do. And in other ways, um, there was that understanding of kind of the, the basic math principles behind what I was doing and just recognizing that the actual implication of every dollar that I take out or, um, you know, what, what that would mean in terms of the cost that I would pay down the road. And I also, I, I had a lot of dreams and goals and, and, and I was willing, especially, um, you know, I, I, at, at a younger age, I was willing to put in the hours and make the sacrifices that I knew would lead to financial freedom and, and eventually generational wealth down the road. And, 
And that was a big motivator for me was, you know, I want to be a good provider for my family. I want to be able to provide experiences and, and, and have a better life for my children. And um, if that meant making some sacrifices along the way, you know, that was a no brainer for me. Um, at the same time, if your sole motivation is money and you're making it's all delayed gratification, you're going to be leading a fairly miserable life. So, you know, I think it's important for people to uh, find joy in that, that work that they're doing and find some fulfillment along the way. And in real estate, I, I, I found that taking a property that was in distress and making it a great, uh, safe, nice place for people to live or for a business to operate and fixing up older properties like that, that was very fulfilling for me. And, and I could see that I was providing good homes for people. Um, I could see that I was helping the community with economic development and turning properties around um, and, you know, began to affect the lives of people around me and create good job opportunities for, for my employees and my contractors. And so there are a lot of ways that, that I found fulfillment in that. And, uh, it's a little challenging if you're, if you want to embrace delayed gratification to say, I'm going to set, make all these hard sacrifices solely for the purpose of becoming wealthy, um, that, you know, it, that's a, that's a tough road to, to stick to. Um, so I would encourage people that, Hey, there, there's enormous benefits of embracing delayed gratification. Um, at the same time, try to do it with the right mindset that it doesn't become something that, you know, consumes you with negativity, like find the joy and the purpose in the work that you're doing uh, and be proud of that and find fulfillment in that. And that, that will allow you to lead a, a, a full life, even with delayed gratification, but with that financial freedom and, and um, generational wealth down the road. I love that. Um, I have, had a guest on the podcast. It's the, the founder of Zydax, uh, Dan Young. He's an exceptional person. They've done very, very well. And he said something very similar to what you have just said. And I think it's important to, to uh, really sacrifice for, for now for what we want later, but also to celebrate the wins, right? To enjoy the journey and to be able to say, here's a goal. I hit it now. Now let's celebrate. And I think down to someone's why and what they're doing. And what I loved from what you just explained is that if somebody's why is strictly money, they're going to find themselves kind of a, in a, in a miserable place, a, a mug with a hole in the bottom, you know, they're never going to feel completely full. Whereas if they can, if they can do things for the benefit of other people, I loved, I loved crushing it. I loved what you had done in real estate to make other people's lives easier. Uh, the people, the tenants that you're serving as well as I mean, changing lives, you're making their lives more meaningful and giving them purpose. And I'd imagine that in turn allows you to feel very fulfilled, you know, in what you're doing. And it adds to, to your why and the rewards that you're experiencing, experiencing along the way, which I, I think is very admirable. Um, there's, there's a book by um, James Allen uh, entitled How a Man or As a Man Thinketh. Um, you may have read it, but I've asked some, some sev or I've asked other guests that have been on the show this question. I want to ask you too. Um, James Allen says your, your mind is a garden and your thoughts are the seeds. You can, you can grow flowers or you can grow weeds. And I, I love that, uh, th that idea. Uh, can, can you help listeners understand how important it is to cultivate, you know, a mind of learning and, 
and good things in order to get to where they want to go. Yeah, I think, you know, there's, there's a lot of people out there who believe that um, the emotions that you have and the thoughts that you have are sort of outside of your control, um, almost like they have a, they have a, a mind of their own and, and uh, it, it's not under your influence. And I, I think that, um, of, of course, it can be challenging, but um, your inner, your inner dialogue, uh, is, is very important and, and even more so the words that you speak in terms of they, they tend to manifest themselves into actual reality. So, um, what you learn over time, I think with, as you gain more, um, experience and wisdom is that if you can have that, the right inner dialogue and you can maintain that positivity and, you know, um, different people go about it in different ways. Uh, some people will recite a mantra or they'll, you know, they'll, they'll, uh, repeat different, different phrases to themselves. But the, the bottom line is you, you as an individual have more control over your thoughts than you, you may believe you do. Um, and that it, it's very important to, exercise some level of effort over that inner dialogue. And then that will then translate into the, the words that you speak and the actions that you take and, and the habits that you build. And, um, you know, it, 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 it reflects in, in, in so many different ways and, uh, your, your level of success at whatever endeavor you're pursuing, uh, ultimately can be traced back to those thoughts that, that are in your mind. They, they certainly can. Yeah, I, I agree with everything that you've said. And I just feel uh, so thankful for everything that I'm learning from you today. So thanks for what you shared. I, from, from following you online, it, I know you have also put high value on consistency. Right? I know you're, you're running trails. That's something that I've also loved doing in the past. Um, I actually just destroyed my knee last year. I ran a, a mountain here in Utah called Mount Timpanogos. It's like an 18 mile round trip run. And I just destroyed my knee after, which was a bummer because I enjoy trail running so much. Um, but there's a lot more to trail running or consistency in, in uh, someone's daily schedule than just the individual activity. I think it helps act, somebody actually become habitual about things that make a big difference in their lives, right? If you can be consistent in um, exercising or running trails or mastering mindset, it's going to play a big role into to other areas of life. And so can you help um, listeners understand kind of the role of, of, of consistency and, and what it has done for you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting that um, I, I was part of a program uh, called Becoming Ultra, which uh, uh, I, I was one of the people selected in, in their ninth season that they basically you're asked to chronicle your experience running your first ultra marathon. Uh, they match you up with a coach and, um, you know, I agreed to post on social media about that journey. And I thought it was, it was, I was a little torn about it because I said, you know, most of the people that follow me, they're interested in real estate investing and business. And here I am posting all this running stuff on there. And I was absolutely amazed at the response that I got to that and uh, how many people embraced what I was doing. And what I began to realize pretty quickly was that there were enormous amount of parallels in the journey that I had undertaken in my running to run an ultra marathon and any, any major business goal in investing. 
Um, and, and, and it really, it traces back to a lot of things we've already talked about in this conversation where, you know, every long journey starts with a single step, um, the whole, uh, being disciplined and, and that, that whole, you know, journey towards your goal. Um, it requires a level of consistency and, and that, that means getting up and getting out there and, uh, you know, winning the day, uh, even on the days that you don't feel like doing it. And, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not a young guy. I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm in my fifties at this point and, uh, you know, getting out there and running long distances. I'm not a natural athlete. I'm not a gifted athlete in any way. And there, there's a lot of that journey that was not like, uh, you know, easy for me. And there were plenty of days that, um, I didn't feel like getting out there and running. So that was the last thing I'd want to do. I, I, but, you know, by doing it day in and day out, I was able to make progress and get better. And very steadily over time, it became easier. It became something that was no longer a choice and it became a habit, uh, something that I, I didn't, I didn't feel like when I got up on any given day, that whether or not I go out and I do my run was, was, was a, was a choice. I just knew this was something I made a commitment to do and it becomes a habit and you do it and you get better and better and better. Um, then you're running further and further and eventually you achieve some, some great milestones and it's the exact same way in business. You have to think long-term, you know, there's no, you're not going to be successful and, and achieve your goal overnight. It takes many, many, many steps along the way. And if you're consistent in those taking those steps and you make it a routine, um, then you look back weeks, months, even years later, and it's just unbelievable how far you came. Um, and so there, there are, there are other aspects of, of running that, you know, I, I found that, you know, when you're, when you're pushing yourself in, in, in business and in life, like you need to, you need to have some balance there. So it was great for me to be able to, you know, get away from the, the digital uh, screens and, and get out into nature and get some physical exercise to maintain my health at the same time. Like if you're um, pushing hard on the business front, I've made that mistake in the past uh, where I kind of, you know, you bury yourself in business at the expense of all other areas of your life. And, um, if you're going to, if you're going to be in this for the long haul and do great things, you've got to, you've got to make sure that you make some very firm commitments to maintaining your health and your relationships and, you know, other aspects of your life. And, and, uh, so there were, there were aspects of that as, as well. And, um, it was a great time where for me to think and reflect on things. And when you're, when you're running on a trail, you have to keep your eyes on the trail too. And you have to stay somewhat focused and, uh, otherwise you, you fall on your face. <laughs> so it was a good, you know, you get, it's an immersive experience and, and frankly, somewhat like uh, meditative or even spiritual for me to be able to like have that, that freedom to like really put my mind at ease and think, think about things. And I, I would problem solve and come up with ideas and, and uh, thankfully, I'm still uh, running. My my body and, and legs have held up so far, and um, so I'm 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 looking forward to doing some. I did successfully finish the ultra that I trained for. It was a, a, a 50k. Wow! Uh, man. And, uh, Congratulations. So, 
Yeah. So um, thank you. So yeah, I'm, I'm still out there getting after it and uh, hoping to do a, a longer distance ultra uh, probably uh, early next year. That, that is uh that is truly amazing, man. I, I'm uh, very impressed. I love what you've shared. I, I share the same sentiment that you do about, um, you know, the discipline of consistency. And even like you said, what the, the parallels that, you know, that we can find in business and, and uh, just staying consistent with things in our lives. I love trail running because just like in life, there's moments when you have these beautiful views and it's gorgeous. You can stop and take a breath. You know, you see a moose on the trail or you're up in the mountains in a lake. And those are the moments you just kind of savor because you know that when you keep moving forward, there's going to be rocks and steep hills that you're going to hit. But as long as you focus on just putting one foot in front of the other, through that experience, you're going to get to the top. If you, if you focus too much on just the top, it'll become overwhelming and make you like, oh man, this is going to be brutal. But just one foot in front of the other uh, makes a big difference. And I've never, I've never ran an ultra. And so you, um, th that is just such an incredible accomplishment. So huge congratulations to you, Brian. That's amazing. Um, would you say that your experience in business and real estate is anomalistic, or would you say that it's something that is available for anybody that chooses to put their mind, you know, to getting what they want and, you know, making the rubber hit the road? I, I believe very passionately that it's an opportunity that exists for most people. Um, I, I guess it was, it was, uh, my book crushing it came out, uh, four years ago, I spent about two and a half years writing that book. And my sole motivation for writing that book was based on my experience. I believe that the opportunity that I was able to capitalize on was an opportunity that, that anyone with enough motivation um, and, and you know, willingness to, to do the work uh, could accomplish. And so I, I made that commitment to putting into writing everything that I've learned, um, everything that I experienced in terms of not, not just the good things, but the bad, the, the mistakes I made and said, hey, this was my path. I wanna share absolutely everything in, in hopes that other people could learn from that and maybe pull a few things out that they could use. But the primary message of the book was, hey, you know, if I can do this, you can too. This was my journey you know, take from it what you want and hopefully you can benefit from my experience and, and, and make, you know, fewer mistakes than I did. But it, it was a very, you know, forgiving journey in many ways because I did have so many mistakes and yet I still was able to succeed. Um, and then that was the same motivation for uh, the two books that I co-authored with Brandon Turner, uh, The Multifamily Millionaire, which just came out. And uh, the multifamily millionaire has two volumes. The first is for smaller multifamily and the second is for larger multifamily. And over the past uh, four years since Crushing It came out, my investing has reached another level um, and I've learned even more. And it was time to take everything else I've learned in the, in the last four to six years and, and uh, put that into a new book and uh, so uh, Brandon had more experience with the smaller multifamily and he uh, led the writing in, in volume one, which is how to create financial freedom through small uh, multifamily. And then I led the writing in volume two, which was how to create generational wealth through large multifamily. 
Um, and then we both uh, swapped draft manuscripts and, and helped each other round them out and put both of our collective experience in the, in the two volumes. And uh, yeah, those just came out and I'm super excited about to be able to put those out there into the world. And anybody that wants to do what, what Brandon and I did and, and, and maybe even do more than what we did, you know, the, the, the blueprints are out there. I love that. I loved your book, Crushing It. I love Brandon's books. Those are exceptional too. So I can't wait to read these two new ones that just were released. And I'd encourage anybody listening to go pick those up as well. They're guaranteed to be, be good. Um, just two more questions here. This has been, this has been so uh, meaningful for me. So thank you again a million times. This just means the world to be able to spend a little bit of time with you. And I just feel so thankful. Um, so two, two more questions I wanted to ask here. Um, first, what piece of advice would you give, you know, 20 year old, uh, Brian Murray, what, what would, what would you say to him as far as helping that individual, um, you know, get to, to, to where you currently are, what advice would you give to other people? I would say the biggest, the biggest single piece of advice would be something that, that I shared earlier in, in this podcast, which is, you can do a whole lot more than you think you can do. I, I invested an enormous amount of time helping other people build businesses, build out new offices, expand their businesses um, through a lot of really hard work for those people. I made those people a lot of money. Um, I wish that I had had the confidence and uh, the the. I guess, awareness that that ability that I had that allowed me to do that for others that I could have done that for myself and uh, that I didn't wait as long as I did to kind of go off on my own and, and build my own, uh, my own business, whether it be in real estate or in anything else. But uh, up until my, um, my mid to late thirties, you know, I, I, I invested just all that time uh, helping other people build businesses and if I could go back and do it over again, I'd, I'd be building businesses for myself. <laughs> I, I love that. My, uh, I'm kind of hell bent on this journey right now. One of the businesses that I own is um, one where I help new entrepreneurs start their own passive income businesses without the utilization of venture capital or debt. Or, and I'm a huge advocate of real estate, but I help people just getting started, not have to use real estate to generate passive income because it's generally a a pay to play game. And I would give the same advice that you just did where a lot of people, you know, they have this internal fear of, Oh man, what if it doesn't work? And what if, you know, it's, it's a little scary to hop out on your own. It's, it's, yeah. it's terrifying. <laughs> you know, when I, when I started my, um, my own thing years ago, I, I wanted to throw up and it was, uh, it was, it was terrifying. Right? I cried. I mean, it was nerve wracking. Um, but what I love about it is if, as long as people have tenacity and they continue just to keep pushing towards their goals. I don't know how it works. It seems to be a bit miraculous, but somehow, some way things always work out for those people that just keep standing back up after they get knocked down again. And so I love, I love that advice. Thank you very, very much. Uh, last piece of it um, or last question, I guess at Halfway Brian is how, how do you define happiness and how do you measure it? Um, I think this will be interesting to, to learn. <laughs> Well, that's a, yeah, that's a, that's a very uh, prob probably more challenging question than it seems like on the surface, but um, yeah, you know, I, I would say that um, 
we have to be careful to make a distinction between, you know, how I find happiness and how I define happiness. So, um, happiness is basically for me, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's feelings of joy or contentment. Um, that it's, it's oftentimes it's being present in the, in the moment and, and, uh, results in that, uh, kind of feelings and feeling, uh, kind of full as, as, as a human being. Um, and there's a lot of ways that I find that. And, and, uh, I, I've learned a lot about myself over the years. I, I love to experience new things. I love to challenge myself to be the best person I can be. Um, I, I love to help others. Um, and that's probably the area in my life that is blossoming the most right now at this stage is I've really, I dedicate an enormous amount of time, uh, to the people that I'm mentoring, um, and to my writing and any platforms, you know, occasional podcast appearances, such as this one, where I can reach more people and hopefully share some advice and some knowledge that'll allow them to grow and, and make a difference. So, um, those are just a few of the, of the different, uh, things that can, can uh, lead to happiness for me. Uh, but yeah, I think if I could give the perfect definition of happiness, I'd, I'd, I'd be the Dalai Lama or, uh, in some, some much higher position than I am right now. It's, it's pretty philosophical, but, uh, yeah, I guess that's my best crack at it. <laughs> that was a man, an incredible answer. Thank you. Uh, very, very much. Um, Again, I think you and I are very similar. I, I agree with you. I think part of happiness is kind of just being in the moment uh, when, when something's happening. I think to, to many people, happiness tends to be a bit fleeting or something that it's always in the future. You know, like when I get there, when I, when I accomplish this, but it's interesting. And I've referenced this book several times um, in previous podcasts, but Phil Knight, uh, the founder of Nike, he had, you know, he had amassed a very large amount of wealth uh, through building that company. And he started with nothing, selling a $1,500 car, borrowing money from his best friend's parents, selling shoes at high school track meets. And at, by the end of the book, he's hanging out with uh, Bill Gates and Warren Buffett in a theater, and he's worth about $10 billion. He's done very, very well. Um, and he, it, it's interesting because uh, he says in that experience, he says, I, I just wish his one regret, I, I love it. I think it's a, a great thing for everyone to internalize. He says, I just wish I could go back and, and do it all over again. And to me, that's just such a, a, an exceptional thing to, you know, to yeah. really internalize because it, it is, it is so much fun to build things and to help other people and to enjoy that experience along the way. And so um, thank you for everything you've said. Thank you very, very much for, for being on the show today. This has been just the, the best to have you here. My brain has been like a sponge. I feel like I've learned so much from you. I wish I had hours and hours just to sit down with you because this has just been so, uh, so wonderful. So thanks for being with us today, Brian. I appreciate you having me. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's great to chat with you today. Thank you so much, brother. Well, you have a wonderful week and I'll be sure to follow along as you continue to dominate uh, life and real estate, brother. <laughs> All right. Take care. Appreciate it. Thank you so much, man.